0: Hello, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And this is episode 152 of Sitcom Geeks. And uh, we've got uh, a few things to talk about. We're going to uh, talk a little bit more about the uh, competition, the scene writing competition, uh, the deadline for which is looming. Uh, That's going to be on Sunday, the 15th of November. Uh, But before we uh, talk about that, just a little kind of catch up really on where we are, where comedy is, comedy writing is in uh, November 2020, sort of um, gearing up for what could be another lockdown, a long winter I guess. Mm. And And normally uh, this
1: time of year people are quite busy because they're trying to get stuff recorded and stuff by Christmas mm. and so everyone's a bit frantic. So those people who are working... 're usually working very hard, and yeah. those people who haven 't got a show on are kind of developing and there's meetings and all that kind of stuff but yeah. now obviously it 's still a bit weird, mm-hmm. uh, but in a way, I guess we need to just bear in mind that people will want to watch television for the for the rest of the foreseeable future, <laughs> and yeah. we need to keep making it
0: yeah that 's true and i do, and I, I am starting to hear now there 's a few shows and things uh, that uh, were, I mean, for instance, Horrible Histories, they normally start filming in uh, July, and um, they have just sort of started filming now, so, you know, they're a bit behind, but in, in, in relatively, you know, it's a, it, considering the incredible upheavals of this year, that's a sort of fairly minor uh, inconvenience, I would say. I mean, obviously, it's still a very desperate time if you're a performer, uh, especially yeah. if that was how you got most of your income, but I just thought, you know, we we do we are a bit down sometimes, and we do always say, oh, it's really hard and everything's really difficult, etc. I, I just thought uh, I'd be counterintuitive and start by being sort of a little bit upbeat about um, the future of comedy writing. Um, now, obviously, it's not. A, 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 I don't wish to kind of um, sort of. Um, uh, wish the success on the back of the the, the, the failure of uh, people I know and love who've suddenly lost their income but
1: Of course I, you wish failure on people uh, you're a writer you that's know it's the true. great Gore Vidal thing it is not enough that i succeed others must fail
0: yes that's true it is it is a very hard time i really you know i feel. i i i I know it's a very bad for 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 people who are very good friends but it it does mean uh you know being sort of very cool and clinical about it that you know uh tv executives and producers are not going to see performers they are reading scripts again Mm. so that's um you know that that is a point at which we can say, okay, well, actually, yeah, remember writers, remember us. So in that sense, there's a little bit of a kind of uh, up a tick for for writers. But also, um, you know, when we talk about everyone scrabbling around for to get a line on Newsjack here or, or on breaking the news there, but actually, at the top end. Um, there there does seem to be a, a lot of money swirling around uh, and, you know, companies like Netflix and Amazon Prime. And OK, they are American companies, but they are interested in uh, British comedy and they are signing deals or not signing deals with British uh, comedians. Uh, Michaela Coel, for instance, uh, turned down a deal with Netflix because they were uh, going to keep... Her, they were going to buy the rights from her for quite Forever a lot of money. But, our men, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but you know, she she stuck with her principles. Um, I'm not saying that Charlie Brooker is unprincipled, but he's just signed a 70 million pound deal with Netflix and I think um, I think
1: Charlie Brooker wouldn't mind you saying he's not principal he's that kind of guy isn't he you know if if you if you connect a a pipe to his house and just blow 20 quid notes through it you know that's going to affect your decision making and the fact is it seems like he's a a black mirror and everything they've given him some creative freedom Mm. he's already been working for them so he must like the arrangement so you know good luck to him
0: yeah, yeah, but that—that yeah. that, what that means is, uh, you know, that's okay. That's that's not seventy million pounds. That is all going to, into Charlie Brooker's pocket. Obviously, no. it's going it's to a make deal. shows. Mm. It's a production deal, and it involves uh him getting money him getting money but also people being trained up and ideas you know the need for lots of programming mm. and um you know it sounds like a lot of money but actually if you think about the fact that uh, netflix has now something like sort of, sort of 200 million people uh subscribing it's, it's it's heading for 200 million and um you know so actually uh, I don't know what it is. It's eighty pounds a year or something to 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 subscribe to Netflix. So um, that's a lot kind of money. Own, yeah, but billions. Like, it's a million. A million people signing up to Netflix is the same uh, out of two hundred million. Is the same as the deal that Charlie Brooker got. So it's kind of um, it, it. It's not as ludicrous an amount of money as it sounds. Um, But also that's what
1: TV costs. I mean, if he makes a Black Mirror episode, that's going to cost a couple of million quid because it's, you know, it's not quite feature length, but it's high Mm. production. It's very, very high concept and Mm. it's going to it's going to look amazing. Uh, I don't know know, exactly what he's going to what it's going to look like. But I think the other thing, though, is although at the top end, there is loads of stuff going on that does have a bit of a halo effect. There are some downsides which we can get into. There are probably too many one-man band production companies uh, who Mm. don't have any development money, and they're mostly ex-controllers and commissioners who set up on their own. That's all a bit annoying. But I think the thing for me, just to bear in mind, is it's a bit like there are a lot of very successful companies that started in a recession. Mm. And if you're in it for the long haul, then you just sort of need to start. So, you know, if if you're starting a pension fund, you just start because you're not going to really be pulling it down for another 30, 40 years. Mm. And over the, over the very, very long term, you're, you're going to, it, probably, you're going to get your money back. You know, unless there's a solar flare or something, which given how 2020 is going, that would pretty much cap it all <laughs> off, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. tr-
1: Trump, Trump wins re-election and well, there's a solar flare which wipes out the internet. It's just like, well, there yeah.
0: you go. Man. What's left, really? Asteroid yeah. hits. Well, you know, uh, certainly not much uh, not much iceberg, apparently, as well. Not well, enough. there we go. So, um, yeah.
1: so it's more that <laughs> I think you just want to be investing for the long term anyway. So all of mm. these, there are short-term opportunities. There may be fewer of them at the moment. But in a way, this is a really long game to be playing. Mm. And everything takes ages, even in a good year, on a good day. And it's about honing your skills, and also just taking control over what you have control of which is your pilot spec script you know that mm. that's you can do you can do that and you can also do the news jack and the news lines for other things and to, uh, and make your own stuff you can make stuff on youtube you can make your own podcast but this is a 5 10 15 year project so yeah. you know
0: you, you just carry on business as usual really yeah Meantime, as well, I'll I'll point you to uh, a Writers Guild talk that uh, I did. It's, it's on YouTube. You go Writers Guild uh, YouTube, and it was about uh, it was with um, Bennett Aron, who's who's a, a stand up and sitcom uh, writer and teacher, Hannah George, who uh, we've had on the show, of course. She uh, uh, great writer and uh, does a lot of podcasting and won the Writers Guild Online Best Online. Uh, sketch award twice now, mm. uh, and Nat Tapley, who's a writer, a topical writer and performer, and uh, Emily Allen from the BBC, and it's a it's a very very useful, lots of really helpful uh, advice for people starting out about how to make a living at comedy and uh, the things, some some really good practical advice, um, particularly I thought from uh, Bennett about you know if you can't get gigs performing but you do you do want to perform there are ways that you can still uh, improve your uh, performing mm. and lots of really useful tips from Hannah about making uh, very very cheap uh, good quality looking sketches so uh, it's, it's worth a worth a watch I would say definitely
1: I think mm. the other thing that is worth bearing in mind is working out how you can make a living doing something in a shorter period of time so that you have more time to write I know mm-hmm. this is a bit of a left field. We've we've not talked about this in advance, but I listened to the audiobook of a book uh, by a guy called Tim Ferriss, who is famous oh, for the four-hour, four-hour work hour week, week. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And part of it, you know, it just it's got get rich quick scheme written all over it. And so mm-hmm. initially, I when I came across it a few years ago, I thought, well, that that's obviously idiotic. And also, being a Calvinist, I have a Protestant work ethic, <laughs> and so therefore hard work is in and itself virtuous, which is actually not quite true. But um, but I think what was useful about it is he did a really good job of two things, really. One is he paints a picture of spending your time doing what you want to do. So for him, it is travelling and um I take it he's not with his wife and child anymore because he seems to travel an awful lot. Um, they do get mentioned earlier in the book. but
0: I often wondered about Michael Palin's family life, actually.
1: Possibly, yes. No, there may be something in that. But, um, but when he was sort of trying to get you to imagine what you really want to do, um, I sort of had a bit of self-reflection at that point and just thought, what do I want to do? What, if I could do anything, what would I do? I want to write and I want to read. I don't really want to do anything else. Um, and so it's a question of working out, well, how do you maximize your time and make decent money doing other things to give you as much money as possible doing that? And if you're doing something that pays badly and is unprofitable, well, you want to have a really good look at that. If you're running your own business and you're spending, you will know that 80% of your income comes from 20% of your clients. So what are you chasing the other 80% of your clients for? I mean, that's, just, that's madness. Um, that's your own psyche that's doing that to you. So in the book, he talks about ways which you know, some would like and some will find annoying, um, which are creating a business whereby you basically don't have to show up. And there are ways in which that you can sort of maximize your, your income. So in one way, I just thought it is a really useful life lesson um, in terms of just making sure if I really want to write, am I wasting an awful lot of time not writing, doing something that doesn't actually pay very well? And are there other things I could do that would pay me slightly more for slightly less time to give me slightly more time to write? So I think you could do worse than get a hold of the four-hour work week. Even though I think half of it is sort of nonsense, and it mm. was written a while ago, so so some of the tech references are a bit dated. Um, but I think if you if you really really want to write, it it takes time, and mm. I think that's probably one of the things that I'm always trying to stress. Uh, my video course is going to launch properly next year. And the reason I want people to do it is I want to get them to, to kind of do it properly. And it takes time. And if you've got another job, you're going to try and compress it into as shorter time as possible. But that's really hard. Mm. Um, you don't. So I don't think there's much of a there isn't really a clever way or a shortcut to produce a really good script really quickly. Um, because if there were, I would do that um so i think it's just about being smart about how you're going to spend your time how you can make um how you can make a living doing other things as well as doing comedy to uh, to allow yourself as much time as possible to write and to get better at writing is that fair
0: i think that's very fair and i think we're um probably kind of without realizing it although uh, we we talk about this sometimes we're we're kind of Doing quite similar things, you and I. I think we are. Mm. Uh, we, we, we're kind of occupying a space, and I've talked a lot of that before about this horrible word, writerpreneur. But we are. Uh, we, we, we're occupying a space that is a new space, and it's where everybody. Will end up, I think, or a lot of people will end up, which is where you, as a comedy person, uh, are writing, doing what you want to do, writing, but you are also uh, you know curating your own career and and being being in charge of that that, and being able to write. And and one of the things, uh, one of the, the, the problems, and I've been thinking a little bit about this in terms of being a comedy writer is, you know, it's very, it, 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 it's kind of, there's this very, this very low end, the small end of, you know, you get a gag on News Jack and you get 25 quid or whatever, but then then you want to write a sitcom and that's like a kind of much bigger thing and there's kind of not so much stuff that's available in between and it's about being able to kind of develop things that might be small wins for you and there's a little example that happened I've got a a, a, quite a big mailing list now about six or seven hundred people and one of the people on my mailing list who lost their job quite recently said you know I want to try and set up a thing with other writers um, and and, you know that they we, we get together at ten o'clock in the morning and we uh we we work for two hours and we come back afterwards and we you know we kind of gee each other up and I, if if they um just pay me a cup of coffee price of a cup of coffee that that thing that you can do now where people pay you a price of mm. a cup of coffee and you know if that that's her her starting point you know having lost a job and it's not you know it's she's not going to uh sell up and move to the Bahamas on it but it's 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 a good thing. To have, and it's something of, you can build things from these sort of very small mm. uh, things at starting out, and and you know there are so many options now with the the internet growing and the cheapness of making uh, podcasts and audio, and yeah. the fact that audio is becoming a massive thing. So, so there are there are these routes that you can take. Maybe we should do a sort of separate episode about, uh, specifically about that. If you want
1: to know, if you want to know more, I mean, go back to listen to the Joanna Penn episode. I mean, she is, she is this on stilts and steroids. I mean, she Hmm. knows how to monetize, uh, stuff. So that's episode one, four, nine. Uh, I think it is. So she's done very
0: well out of me this year. I can tell you that. (laughs) Okay.
1: Well, that's, that's good. Well, so it's, in a way it's just doing what you can, monetizing what you can, but also if you're if you're really good at uh beekeeping or something, is there any way in which you could leverage that to make decent money through doing that? Sadly uh, so not.
0: That, um, sadly not comedy at this point. I should point out my friend uh, Esther Coles, who is uh, a, a beekeeper, and uh, she uh, she appears in. Uh, the, she's the, the character playing the nurse in the Paul Whitehouse series. But, oh, right. um, she, she's made a, a sitcom about her beekeeping right. uh, activities for Absolutely. Radio Four. But if so, you're but if you're really into yeah. something,
1: work out how you can leverage that. To to make money out Mm. of it, to to make content around it and to be an expert on that. And I think that's kind of the the way it's going. If you're tech savvy and you can do that, um, I think people always assume, you know, you're always promised six figures by internet gurus. And I I think that's pretty illusory. And the only people, it seems to me, who make six figures out of this stuff are people who teach you how to make six figures out of this stuff. Whereas in actual fact, you probably can make five figures out of Mm. it. And if that keeps the wolf from the door and keeps the mortgage being paid, Then so much the better. So it's Mm. just a question of working out how could I, how could I give myself more time to write, Uh, because Mm. that is what it takes. It takes time, and 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 other things will rob you of that time. Uh, So you really want to prioritize prioritize that, because it's Mm. a long game. As as we sort of said a a little while ago, it's and although it's although it's all weird at the moment, the pandemic will go away, and people will still be watching TV. They're watching TV mm. now. They're straining yeah. at the leash to, you know, make more. Mm. So you just want to be in a good position to, to, to make the most of, of, of your talent and your gifts mm. and abilities,
0: um, in the future. And people always want stories. Mm. They, and, uh, yeah which I guess is a which is almost a radio four type segue that we could do to talk about the uh scene competition unless we've got anything else no that's great to let's, let's
1: that. get into that
0: yeah okay I started sending uh my uh, daily emails and uh, we're up to um, for week two now when this goes out and we'll the, the last this week's emails have all been about um a, a, a single episode of Black adder I thought. For a competition in which uh, you have to write uh, like a two-minute scene, um, if, you, if you haven't yet uh, looked into this, you go to um, BCG Pro, British Comedy Guide Pro. They're running the the competition for me very kindly. They also run our sitcom geeks. Uh, yes, podcast. they host it so on their servers. They and host their, it. So yeah, it so yeah. So we love BCG. We do. British comedy guy. um, But they are uh, running this competition, and what I'm asking for is is a a scene from a sitcom, uh, maximum 500 words and a little bit of uh information before the scene to set it up so i know who, a little bit about the characters and what's already happened then the scene and the thing happens and then after the scene a a, a bit more detail about what's going to happen next and um i thought this um this particular episode of black adder i mean it's a, uh, i i i thought it's, it's such a great uh show uh, such a great episode such a perfect illustration i mean we always say you know rules are there to be broken but um, the 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 rules of plot uh, plot making are, are so strong in that uh, episode mm. and the characters are all so clear i just thought this would be a, a, a good way to uh, sort of to, to to illustrate how how do you write a scene how do you get all the ingredients put into a scene yeah, as it turns out, I knew that you liked this episode. I didn't actually know until you confessed the uh, last episode of uh, Sitcom Geeks that not only do you know it, it's one of your favourite episodes of all time and you probably know it off by heart. Pretty word much. Word word. Yeah. <laughs> so, so no uh, prep work was required for James for this episode. Well, not so much. But, um, but yeah, what particular scene were you looking at? um well the scene that um i i concentrated on uh in, in terms of you know which which scene would you send if you've got rewritten this script i uh, I be, actually before i tell you i'd be quite interested to know which one you think i would choose given that i'm talking about about 500 words so um that and, and so that kind of length scene Oh, I don't um, know. It,
1: it might be. I mean, the, the one that I just always remember is when Doctor Johnson actually shows up and he starts messing with his head and saying, oh, "I may, yeah. I offer you my most sincere contritubularities." But that scene's probably it, too long.
0: It is. It's six minutes long. That scene. Wow. So, that it, so that's that would have been the obvious scene, but it's, yeah. it's probably about um, two thousand words or something. So yeah. Um, so well, that uh, well,
1: let's. Um, well, while we're on that subject then, I, I know we're sort of shooting everywhere in this episode, mm. but, um, but Richard Curtis particularly does that, because if you've got a funny scene, you want to make the most of it, mm-hmm. and although you know, we're going to talk about how to do a good scene and the 500 word limit and all that kind of stuff, the thing that I learnt from Richard Curtis via mm. Paul Mayhew Archer um, of this parish, go back and listen to that episode, well we did have maybe two episodes with Paul Mayhew Archer, mm. Yeah. One of his little secrets that I learned from him when I was doing My Hero was Richard Curtis's t- trick is if you've got a really funny scene, make it longer and a- add more jokes because it's really easy. And if you've got a scene that's not very funny, make it make it shorter. Right. And you go well, that's that's pretty good advice, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. that that scene I'm phrasmodic, mm. even compunctuous who have caused you such pericobulations. Um, that's a really, really funny scene. So it's just like this: th- these are all, if in cricketing parlance, these are all full tosses outside the off stump and you can pretty much hit them wherever you like. So you want to make the most of those. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you want them to be story related, character yeah. You know, uh, it, they need to be in situ, but even yeah. so, make the most
0: of it. I think you've got, you know, you've you, you've got um, a writer at the peak of his success, Richard Curtis, uh, or two writers at the peak of their success, Richard Curtis, Ben Elton. You've got a uh, Rowan Atkinson, um, Robbie yeah. Coltrane, and Hugh, uh, Laurie. Hugh Laurie. You know, you really, you're, you're kind of um, if if. Uh, no, no one's going to come to you and say, "Actually, that seems a little bit long." Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. that is it. Yeah, that is a yeah. comedy
1: supergroup. That is yeah. Avengers Assemble. That yeah. is, you but, know, yeah. That, and, yeah.
0: But, but I mean, they get, they get away with it because so there's a lot of story that, that also that, that is in that. Yeah. But it's the scene, the not the next scene, but the scene, but one after that, which I've chosen because what what happens at the end of that very long scene is. Blackadder has done what you often say uh, for, about, about uh, in an episode. He's achieved his success. Uh, Blackadder's aim in, at the start of the episode is to stop the Prince Regent sponsoring Dr Johnson. And he succeeds. But then in like the last half minute of that scene... Having succeeded, Johnson says, "Oh right, you're not going to give me any money, and here I was not going to try to get you to sponsor this dictionary. Oh, and also this book that somebody sent me that is absolutely brilliant and I really love, and of course it is the book that Blackadder had written under a pseudonym, yes, and which uh, immediately a butler's Tale, yes, yeah. immediately having won his clear toss. Yeah. Uh, Thirty seconds later, it's like, oh, damn, yeah. I'm really got to get him back straight away." uh Johnson leaves Blackadder goes out and says to him Haha, you know the Prince Regent was only joking i'm sure he's very going to yeah. be very happy to sponsor you and uh and so then Blackadder goes back into uh the room with the Prince Regent and Baldrick is there and this is the scene that i've chosen uh because what then Blackadder then does is persuade the Prince Regent that he hadn't told Johnson to sod off yeah. but actually that he was joking and that he was uh, and, and, and uh, you know, Blackadder yes, is most joking, surely? <laughs> yeah. It was a, jo- a joke, yes, and a brilliant yeah. one. A brilliant well, yes, one. it was actually, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and you just, yeah. you feel the kind of You can feel the kind of self-loathing that Blackadder is going through to to kind of be nice to to Mm. the Prince Regent. And it's all fine. And, you know, there's this sort of lovely fire crackling away in the corner and Baldrick's there. And, of course, in the previous scene, uh, Blackadder had said how much he hated Johnson. So as far as Baldrick's concerned... Blackadder hates Johnson yeah. so oh great okay well let's get Mr Johnson back oh it turns out he's left his dictionary behind let's just uh, uh, let, let's yeah. go back and give him the dictionary and tell him what what dictionary yeah. uh, and you know at that yeah. point we realise some crackling fire and then there's about a minute of Baldrick stalling you know? yeah. uh, what, exactly what, what, like the what, thing that we burned yes Baldrick yeah, we exactly. burnt it right <laughs> I'm glad I can rely on you to give the exact words for this, yeah, James. Yeah. And then brilliant. he goes outside. May we mm. excuse for a moment?
1: Yes, of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, no! <laughs> exactly. You know. That scene... So. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic scene. Is it yeah. uh, two minutes long? I think. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe. And, you know, yeah, I don't know what's... it so
1: well that I've got all the scenes timed in my yeah. head. Come on, Dave. Uh, uh, so I'm 45 years old.
0: Yeah. You're slacking, James. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, you must do better next time. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, sorry. That's kind of rhetorical. It is about two minutes long. Yeah. Especially compared to that big six minute yeah. scene. So you you feel the pace, you feel the escalation of the story. Suddenly. This from Johnson's dictionary that he's told us took him ten years of blood yeah. and sweat and toil and everything else. It's been burned. It's yeah. in the fire. What a fantastic! I mean, and you know, we you really are thinking, oh my god, what is... Yeah, you know, how are we going to get out of that? And what's so good about
1: it? In the last episode, in episode one five one, we talked about um, the similarity between this and the beheading episode in Blackadder yeah. the Second where they execute everybody on the Monday and then they have to lie about the fact that somebody's still alive and hasn't been executed yet. And then they get a reprieve. Mm. And actually, it's really, really funny, but it doesn't work at the end quite. You sort of don't care. Yeah. Um, but, you know, time's up, the episode's over. No one really cares about the resolution all that mm. much, as long as they've had a really good time. Um, but in this one, they they really nail it because obviously we discover at the end that there are two manuscripts, including uh, a Butler's Tale, and it turns out that that is the thing that he's burned, <laughs> yeah. which sort of saves his bacon. But also, yeah. um, you know, is it, it's, it's so it is it is brilliantly plotted. Mm. Um, and
0: also, what's so great about that scene and a lot of this episode is that it is beautifully character-led. The mm. jokes are all character-led. The, the the scene this in this scene Blackadder so the the de- you know we know he's devious he's a chancer he's mm. always looking for the next uh, scam he's he's blown it with Johnson he's uh, straight away his mind's ticking over how am I going to win this back I know I've got to be fawning to the Prince Regent and I've got to make the Prince Regent think yeah. that he is actually a, like a really cool hip guy when he's a total idiot yeah. and of course. You know, so we see that, and then we see the Prince Regent fall quite in, you know, quite consistently in character, saying, "Oh, well, yeah, I thought I said, yeah, I thought I said that, oh, but here's this courtier who obviously knows yeah. me better than I do." Understanding that actually I'm a lot funnier than I realised I was, you know, mm. and it, that's great, yeah, oh, totally believable. And then there's you know Baldrick standing there by the fire, oh yeah, you said you hated Johnson, so I chucked his book yeah. on the fire, you know, what's the, what's the big deal, you know, yeah, and and it's all it's all in character. Those are the the, the, the three the three key characters um, and i know we talked a little bit last time about the special guests and things yeah. but again that's another thing that i love about that scene is it's just it is the 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 three characters yeah. who are in everything who are in the whole thing and there's no no one external in that and it's all character driven escalating plot
1: yeah no, it's really good. And I think that is probably the biggest besetting sins of s- scenes that I read when, you know, obviously we, what I like about your competition is it is completely designed to get people to fix this and to get into the habit of mm. um, making sure that your scene has a beginning and an end. Because, um, mm. you know, I wrote a blog post a while back called When Is a Scene Not a Scene? And we've talked a bit about it before, but quite often a scene is just people talking Mm. And uh, that's not really a scene. That's just people talking. Yeah. Um. And your characters do need to talk because they, you know, that is the main medium through which the plot and the Mm. story is usually told. Um. But actually, what you need is a character going into a scene with one intention. Blackadder goes into that scene with the intention of rubbishing Doctor Johnson and showing him, and you know, spiking the book, making sure the Prince Regent was it me? I was about to. Welcome this unholy ass to the royal bosom well i 'm <laughs> glad to be instrumental in keeping your bosom free of asses <laughs> it 's got to be one of the, a great, truly great black yeah. out of line um, mm. but then he has to pivot in the scene mm. um, And as you say in that last thirty seconds he 's now got a new quest that he goes out with, and I think very so but you need that in every scene, mm. and obviously it 's very clear in a studio cartoonish sitcom like black adder um but but in every scene even if you're doing a very less is more royal family style comedy you still need Mm. the character coming in with one intention and leaving with another intention yeah um because otherwise it's it is just people talking
0: um and and that story
1: is a chain that drags Mm. you through you know you they they are all links in the chain
0: yeah Um, and I was thinking a little bit as well about um, that the, 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 I mentioned in the uh, sort, sort of the, the, the brief about the, the show about, you know, well, one of the reasons I want to do this is because I often read scenes in which nothing happens. And you might say, well, look at Friends, you know, every, every scene where they're either in a cafe just talking or they're in their, the flat just talking, you know, it's a bunch of people just talking, and it's true, there is a lot of that, but even that, you know, even, you know, and to take, as we have done a million times, the opening scene Mm. of of Friends, they are just talking, but actually we do find out in the first two or three minutes that Ross has just split with his girlfriend because it turns out she's a a lesbian, Mm. Uh, you know, uh, that's, that's a big thing, Um, even before Rachel turns up yeah. dressed for a wedding, uh, dressed to get married. Um, so even in that kind of two, three minutes of just people talking, we yeah. get a very, very big uh, plot th- that that's going to kind of carry through most of that series, actually, that whole... Yeah. And, and, and carries on for later series when uh, she has uh, kids and things so so here's that's... my little sidebar by the way on,
1: yeah. on, on friends my wife um has my wife has got gotten back into crocheting and she now spends Ooh. an awful lot of time or well, evenings anyway when, when we're not looking after the kids um watching friends whilst crocheting whilst i tend to do other things i'm discovering because i'm in my office now so much looking at screens so much by the mm. time my kids are in bed i don't really want to watch television so I tend to, you know, I'll watch one thing, but Melissa wants mm. to watch a bit more. Um, but I had this experience again the other day, which I had uh, quite a few years ago when we lived uh, in, in Shepherd's Bush in London, where I could hear her watching it. So I, could, I couldn't hear um, the characters' friends, the characters in Friends talking because they were through a partition wall. All I could hear was the audience I could just hear the laughter. Right. And holy moly, the laughter is almost every single line. Yeah. I mean, the laughter... I mean, admittedly, by Series 5, that, you know, literally everything they do is funny. It's all funny. Mm. But I think we we would do well just to learn that lesson of just just watch an episode of Friends and and listen to the laugh track. Mm. And I know that some people subsequently took an episode of Big Bang Theory and took the laugh track off it to say hey, look, the emperor has no clothes. Nothing they are saying is funny. You've been tricked into thinking it's funny. And there is something in that, because I don't think Big Bang Theory is quite up there with friends. But the fact is that just incredible density of jokes just shows that the script has been crafted and crafted and worked Mm. over and worked over, and every single line has earned its place. Mm. So I think that's... And that's what, you know... So that's why going back to what I was saying before, these scripts... Take,
0: take ages
1: yeah. ages um, and so you're seeing that your writing needs to have that purpose to it and then you need yeah. to be literally chipping away at it to get it down to 500 words for this competition mm. um, you, want, you want to make sure that something really significant happens and that your character comes in with one intention and leaves with another but also you, could, you can do a lot in a short time mm. but it just takes an awful lot of editing and hoping yeah.
0: And this comes back to um, the, the question that people say, well, how could they, you know, you watch that opening scene of Friends and everything that's in it is in the next 10 years. And it's like, how could they have known? How could they have uh, seen that when they did that? And, and the answer is, it's a, which is a, a, a recent answer that, that I've, I've, I've come to realise is not, this is, the, this is how you make the perfect thing. You do this, this and this. But it, what it is, is, is you just keep eliminating stuff. You just keep yeah. hu- working and working, and all you can know is that you've uh, you you eliminated and you've eliminated, and that's really really funny. But it's not right for the show, and I'm gonna ha- painful as it is. I'm gonna have to cut that. And it's it's the amount of effort yeah. that you put in to uh, cutting. What you have, and and, and li- being left with what's behind, and you can mm. om- you can't ever know. No one ever knows when the show is made whether it's going to uh, become a massive hit or just be okay. Uh, but you know, you just uh, you 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 do you know you know when you've put in the work, you know when you've rejected and rejected, and you've, you 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 sort of feel that's that's really all you can do. Yeah. Actually, I'd say.
1: I think that. Th- Two things here, really. So that when you're going to go through your scene and make it shorter, sometimes you will have to do the unimaginable and cut jokes. Now, bear in mind that this is what Mitchell and Webb say is so good about um, Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong, is that when they were honing the peep show scripts down, they were cutting funny stuff. And David Mitchell was humble enough to say, if I've got a joke, I don't let that go. You know, I'm not not a good enough writer to just chuck away jokes like that so you do have to cut jokes and actually when we ran our competition our script competition uh, that was won um, by uh, Peter uh, Hayward um, he he's a brilliant joke writer and actually usually in every scene there was one joke that was really good but it was one joke too many and you didn't need it mm. <clears throat> and he couldn't quite bring himself to cut it I'm sure yeah. he wouldn't mind us saying this I mean we're mm. calling him a really good joke writer <laughs> um and that you know So this is a hard thing to do, is cut stuff that you like. Cutting stuff you don't like is easy. And actually, that will probably get you most of the way there, but it won't get you all of the way there. So you do have to be prepared to, you know, kill your darlings. I mean, that is the, the old expression, isn't it?
0: Yeah, when I was writing for not going out, uh, the scripts would come through and they would be around about ten thousand words long, Whoa. which is just way, way, way too long. And you know, but Lee knew that, and Jamie Ricks, a producer, knew that. But it was about you know, don't worry, we'll we'll cut, you know, we'll we'll cut. And a lot of the time, they you know, in the the the, the, the big strong jokes stayed, and you know, in rehearsal, the the. The ones that had to be cut were cut. Yeah, um, so and also Lee is a, such an
1: experienced yeah. performer. He knows what mm. works for him. He knows what doesn't. He's the one basically doing the jokes because yeah. he's got ninety percent of the jokes in the show.
0: But that was the point as well: is that yeah. even someone of his experience has to has to have way more jokes yeah. than he knows because he doesn't know which yeah. ones are going to fly. Yeah. Um, and so, so but yeah. And know. so the
1: other thing is um, doing Milton's show as well. Um, and this is what, you know, a side note also about writing for writer performers and the people who are actually out there doing it. Miranda was the same. But the Milton example is we would, you know, Dan Evans and I write uh, the show with with Milton. And then sometimes you discover when you're actually recording the episode, oh, I wrote a joke about this thing or that thing. Or you notice a draft is missing some some jokes. And I sort of say to Milton, oh, there was a joke about a beehive. <laughs> um, is uh, that and he's just like yeah, and I said but it, isn't it, it, it? And he goes like yeah, yeah, it's a good joke, but we're not doing it.
0: No, walk away, James. Yeah, it's
1: just like he. Cause, and I was like, you know, and I could argue. Well, this is the same joke construction as another joke you do that's mm. an absolute woofer, and no one's going to spot that it's a similar in structure or whatever like that. And he does jokes that have a similar structure, but it was just an instinctive thing for him, and he just wants the scripts to be tighter, mm. leaner. We still over record but you know there comes a point where you can't edit it if you're recording 45 minutes so Mm. we're recording kind of 36 37 minutes and even then it's a quarter in a pint pot um but cutting good stuff um is is absolutely key cutting bad stuff is easy cutting good stuff is hard but that's the thing Mm. you really do need to be doing uh, to make your scene as lean as possible it rhymes so it must be true
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I think you can, you know, that's a uh, that's a good point. We talk about. Uh, I, I, I'm saying uh, I want a maximum of, of 500 words, uh, which actually, in, in sort of screen time, generally is approximately three. It was usually about three, three and a half minutes. You know, I mean, yeah, obviously. Give or take a few seconds, and I mean that's quite a long. That's a good amount of time um, for for a scene. And you, you, you know, but as, as as long as you get the scene moving, you set it up, you activate whatever the plot is from the what happened in the previous scene. You yeah. escalate within the scene, um, you reach a climactic point in that scene, and then you you're off to st- to resolve that scene by setting up what's going to happen in the next one. So mm. that's, and, and, you know, two minutes is enough for that. Uh, three, yeah, three absolutely. minutes is certainly enough. So, the, yeah. the other
1: thing just to bear in mind, you know, off, off competition for a minute, but in terms of if you're writing a script in a, you know, that's a half hour sitcom script. The other thing I sometimes suggest is if you're stuck on how to cut a scene or a scene feels a bit uh, pedestrian, it's a, it's kind of the Richard Curtis approach about making it shorter. Right. How could you do this scene in three lines? What needs to happen in the script? How could you do this scene with no lines? How can you do this scene purely with action? Somebody walks in, they see X, they they understand, we immediately understand what's just happened, and they immediately turn around and walk out, and we now know immediately what they have to go and do next. Yeah. I mean, that, that would require quite a lot of setup and... You know what I mean? It seems unlikely that you'd be able to create a scene as elegant as that. But sometimes with a scene, it's just like, what is, why are they still talking in this scene? There's no need for all this. Mm, um, I can't yeah. think of any really, really good jokes uh, for this scene. Just like, well, do the scene without jokes. And that mm. in itself might be funny. So what, what's, the, what's the really smart way of doing this scene that's, that's done in, you know, give yourself, give yourself 20 words of dialogue to get the scene done in. And see what happens. And just put restrictions on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I was going to say is, um, which will be paramount, and I suspect the winning scene in this competition will have one thing that all sitcom scenes should have, which is
0: end on a joke. <laughs> is that fair? Oh God, absolutely, yeah. And again, not going out. That was always the uh, the, the, the notes that came back every time you send the script back. And it would come back and say, this scene still... And it would have a perfectly good, funny joke at the end of the scene. But, you know, Lee was just such a taskmaster on that. Mm. And and, and rightly so. Yeah. I want to, you know, I I need a bigger laugh than this to Mm. come come out of this scene. And, you know, I... and, and, And the honesty of... I Lee Mac have not been able to come up with it. I've sent it out to half a dozen writers and first time round it's come back and none of you have come up, you know, between us we've yet to come up with it. So it kind of it's a little spur for you. It's like, wow, imagine if I'm going to be the one that comes up with that line. And so uh, it, it is a kind of extra spur, but it it does it, it really, you know, the, the the that was always when the when the if ever the scripts came back, it would always be I want a funnier out uh, end end of yeah. scene. Just that's usually here.
1: the last scene to get fixed on the script. Is usually there are three scenes where the end line is weak, and yeah. you you can you can fix one, and you can cheat another. <laughs> the way I would cheat, well, the way I cheat them occasionally is: what is the funniest line in the script? It, what hmm. is the funniest line in that scene? Is there any way you can now end on that line? Um, that, that that's kind of a fallback position, really, yeah.
0: isn't it? You wrote a blog about this a few years ago about mm. uh, how to write a scene, and I think and I wrote quite a few yeah. little tips from yeah. uh, doing not going out at the end of that. So that's a good blog yeah. to to look at. I might actually yeah. link to that in my. Please do, uh, yeah, yeah. My, and also uh, just
1: have a think about, and this this is kind of the end of episode thing as well. Occasionally, again on Milton, we do this, which is obviously much more jokey and cartoony, but we're just sort of going. As we're sort of getting into the last scene, we're just thinking, okay, so what do we have in this episode? So he's now Mm. he's now in the bond lair and he's been tied to a machine that's turning him round and round. And there's a laser that's going to do X. And we go, yes, but there is a school teacher earlier on in scene three who is also in scene seven. Uh, There was a rogue elephant that came up was a running joke. We've also got um, a packet of Tic Tacs and we've also, got, and it's like, what, what tools have we got? <laughs> yeah. Because usually I find that the jokes that come out of thin air sometimes relieve the tension and you go, Oh yeah, that's funny. Hmm. But they then don't survive the edit or they don't quite make it yeah. because they're not coming from character or the plot or, you know, you, ideally you want that last line to come from ideally that the, the, new quest that the character has. Hmm. or you want it related to the hot plate that they've just been trying to fix and right. one of them's going to lean on it with their hand and mm-hmm. st- out. You know, it's just... Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, it has to have that.
0: I remember years and years ago I went to a, a recording of I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue and uh, I was sort of watching, as well as sort of watching the show and the audience, uh, watching the performers and if someone got a, a, a big laugh on something... You saw the others all writing down, and they were obviously writing down whatever the thing was that was getting a big laugh. And then five minutes later, they would reincorporate that or that and it, sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't but you know they say how the brain is is the comedy brain is working yeah ah, that's a it, it that's exactly the, the kind of equivalent of that of what you're saying is you, you know mm. in something that's sort of a little bit unscripted yeah but oh well this this improvised line got a laugh i'm gonna see if i can get more laughs yeah. of repetition you know yeah. and and you know off Graham Garden are getting it off Barry's lap you know yeah, so yeah. they're kind of they're, they're all very generous to each other about you know yeah doing well that.
1: this whole episode has been a giant cheat sheet for how to win your competition so Dave I'm pleased to announce that you will have at least 30 winners of your competition
0: absolutely um, uh, so it's the
1: 5th of November now as we are releasing this episode the yeah. deadline is looming the- Quickly. 15th
0: yeah Sunday the uh, uh, is it Sunday the 15th but it's definitely the Sunday yeah anyway. Sunday the 15th of
1: November yeah. so you need to get to BCG Pro to find the details of where to submit it and all that kind of stuff yeah, and have a good right. old look around uh, BCG because mm-hmm. uh, they've got tons of stuff there
0: yeah I probably won't get around to reading uh, them until much uh, and, and, until after that deadline, so don't feel that you have to send them in. Send it in ultra early. Yeah. Uh, maybe wait for some more, a few more kind of tips from the email. If uh, and if you do want to sign up um, for the email, send um, right to me, and I can send you the uh, back ones as well. It's, uh, how do they send? Up. How do they write to you? Write to me, funny up f u w n y u p o two funny up o two at gmail dot com.
1: Okay, is it o as in? The letter O was O as in the number O. Zero Zero two. two. Funny up zero two at gmail.com. Brilliant. You can also email the show if you've got some questions for us or you want to know uh, anything or think stuff that we should talk about on the episode. uh, Sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. But also, if you want to ask us anything, you should join us on Patreon because every month there is a whole bonus extra episode where our Patreon subscribers can ask us anything and we will answer so mm, we'll be mm. recording one of those later and um there's often a video to go with that as well mm-hmm. so that's um that will be available to you if you join us on patreon if you google sitcom geeks patreon you'll probably find us and you can sign
0: up uh, for all and the other extra love goodies to have you. and in mm. fact we've got uh, uh, i forgot to mention but a big welcome to uh, andy cartledge who has uh, just uh, joined as a patreon this week so uh, thanks for thanks for joining us andy brilliant great and even if you
1: don't particularly want any of the extras and you just really like the podcast then you could just join and that would be fine and to support the podcast because there's a fair amount of heavy lifting uh to do on this podcast
0: so we would really appreciate that but anyway that's cool we're done yes yeah, so that's um hopefully um that that's been very useful for you for uh writing scenes even if you're not entering the competition uh you know and you're looking for your next script and you know be sure that things happen and yeah. be sure that they are uh, consistent with the characters that you you're creating but uh, we'll be back again in a, a couple of weeks and um thank you very much for listening until next time goodbye cheerio